0: Good morning, and welcome to Storehouse Ministries with me, Chris Wickland. And today we're now into Revelation chapter 18, part 1. So we now come into Revelation 18, which is really a dirge and a lament over the sudden destruction of Babylon the Great. Now, although it is a dirge and a lament, it is also a praise to God for destroying the enemies of God. The people who lament Babylon's destruction are those who loved her wealth her governance and her religion, but in one day it is all taken away. Revelation 18.1. After these things, i.e. the destruction of Babylon, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory. The nature of this angel is one who seems to be concerned with the rise and fall of empires, to see that we have to look at verse two. Now, this is likely what is known as a watcher, which is uh, mentioned in Daniel chapter four. It is the watchers who determined God's will in respect to kings and empires, whether they stand or whether they fall. Let's have a look at Daniel chapter four, verses 13 to 17 to see this. And it reads, I was looking in the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed and behold, An angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven, and he shouted out and spoke as follows Chop down the tree, and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage, and scatter its fruit. Let the beast flee from under it, and the birds from its branches. Yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it, in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the field. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and a decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it upon whom he wishes, and sets over it the lowliest of men. Now, if we compare that with verses two and three of Revelation 18, which reads, And he, that's the angel, cried out with a loud and mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird for all the nations have drunk of the wine of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. This passage in Revelation is also uh, reminiscent of several other Old Testament passages referring to Babylon, so let's take time just to look at some of these. There are many of them, but I'm just going to pick a, pick a few here. So we've got one here from Isaiah 13 verses 17 to 22, which says, Behold, I'm going to stir up the meads against them who will not value silver or take pleasure in gold. And their bows will mow down young men. They will not even have compassion on the fruit of the womb, nor will the eye pity children. And Babylon, the beauty of kingdoms, the glory of the Chaldeans pride will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It will never be inhabited or lived in from generation to generation. Nor will the Arab pitch his tent there, nor will shepherds make their flocks lie down there. And their houses will be full of owls. Ostriches also will live there, and shaggy goats will frolic there. Hyenas will howl in their fortified towers, and jackals in their luxurious palaces. Her fateful time also will come soon, and her days will not be prolonged. Now, there are many such scriptures referring to the total destruction of Babylon in the Old Testament. Here's yet another one. This was one. This one's from Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 8 to 14. Suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail over her. Bring balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We applied healing to Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her and let us each go to his own country for her judgment has reached to heaven and towers up to the very skies. The Lord has brought about our vindication. Come and let us recount in Zion, the work of the Lord our God. Sharpen the arrows, fill the quivers. The Lord has aroused the spirit of the kings of the Medes because his purpose is against Babylon to destroy it. For it is the vengeance of the Lord, vengeance for his temple. Lift up a signal against the walls of Babylon. Post a strong guard, station sentries, Place men in ambush, for the Lord has both purposed and performed what he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. O you who dwell by many waters, abundant in treasure, your end has come, the measure of your end. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, surely I will fill you with a population like locusts and they will cry out with shouts of victory over you. Now, one of the facts that I I have to be cognizant of here is the sheer volume of Old Testament prophecies regarding the destruction of Babylon. Now, these Old Testament prophecies prophecies are very descriptive and specific and line up perfectly with those of the book of Revelation. The prophecies of the Old Testament are for literal Babylon and not a figurative one. Daniel's prophecy, for example, regarding an image being placed in the Holy Temple was fulfilled by Antiochus Epiphanes. But then Jesus requotes the prophecy again, implying that it's still not yet completely fulfilled. And we now understand that its fulfillment will be complete and literal at the rise of the Antichrist, as it clearly states in Second Thess- uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Therefore, logically, I have to concede that as all the Old Testament prophecies are regarding a literal Babylon, not a mystical figurative one, I personally, this is my own opinion, I tend to concede that the prophecies in Revelation regarding Babylon, which are mostly requotes from the Old Testament, probably apply to a literal Babylon, not a figurative Roman Empire or Europe or America, etc. Now, I also made very clear how that a literal Babylon makes a better case textually than a figurative Rome, uh, Roman Empire from the previous chapter on this commentary, because we looked at that in a little bit of detail about the pros and the cons. There's a lot of textual evidence to prove that Babylon could be Rome. There's no denying that. But also there was a lot of textual evidence as well that actually shifted in the future sense that it's more likely to be a literal place, a literal government. Uh, And backed up with Old Testament prophecy as well is the fact that it could well be a a reinstating, a a reimagining and a, a rebirth of ancient Babylon in the end of days. Revelation 18.4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. Now, this is quite a famous quote. Now, here we have it's actually a requote of some Old Testament passages in Jeremiah chapter 51, verses six and nine. So let's take a look at these. And it reads, flee from the midst of Babylon and each of you save his life. Do not be destroyed in her punishment, for this is the Lord's time of vengeance. He is going to render recompense to her. Then we go to verse nine. We applied healing to Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her and let us each go to his own country, for her judgments has reached to heaven and towers up to the very skies. Now, one may ask why. Jews would even be in Babylon at the end of days, which is a very good question. What are they doing there? Well, we can infer several considerations here. Firstly, in Matthew 24 from verse 15, it warns the Jews that when the image of abomination is erected in the holy place, that they are to literally flee that moment and get out of the country. So firstly, it is possible that some end up hiding in plain sight in Babylon to avoid capture and death. Now, whilst others may be there because they have been bought and sold as slaves, see Revelation 18, 13, the slaves would be both Jew and Christians in that time, just as a little footnote now. So the warning to come out of Babylon is a warning to all those living in her to get out before they get corrupted by her sins and also get caught up in her judgments. This warning is obviously only to God's people, i.e. the Jews and the Christians at that time. Revelation 18.5, for her sins have piled up as high as heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Now this verse in Revelation is an echo of a similar verse in Jeremiah 51 verse 9. And it says this, we read this earlier on by the way, and it says, we applied healing to Babylon but she was not healed for her judgment has reached to heaven and towers up to the very skies. So here we can see a parallel between Terms such as the cry of the saints reached up to heaven with their si- and with their sins reaching up to heaven. And it's referring to the sheer enormity of sins piled one on top of another. That is so great that it reaches right up to the heavens. And again, this has echoes of the Tower of Babel, which is often linked to Babylon reaching the heavens in height. For that, you can see Genesis 11 verses 1 to 9. Revelation 18:6 Pay her back even as she has paid and give back to her double according to her deeds in the cup which she has mixed mixed twice as much for her Now in the Old Testament we have punishments which generally fit the crime so eye for eye tooth for tooth but here God is clearly exacting vengeance beyond what is fitting for the crime why because God is a good and just God, and whatever He does is because He is just and He is good. And if God deems Babylon to be paid back double for her sins, then that is just, good and righteous, and clearly what Babylon deserves. <coughs> now let's move on, Revelation 18 verses seven to eight. to the decree, the, the so I'm not speaking very well today, to the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously. To the same degree, give her torment and mourning; for she says in her heart, "I sit as queen, and I am not a widow, and I will never see mourning. The quote is sitting as a queen is a type of requote from isaiah forty seven verse seven Isaiah 47 being a lament for the destruction of Babylon. And I would recommend reading the Isaiah chapter to glean further insights into the destruction of Babylon. And as I just said, that's Isaiah chapter 47. Now this queen of Babylon thought in her arrogance that no evil would ever befall her, yet she forgot a simple rule, the rule of sowing and reaping. She sowed much idolatry, pain and heartache into the world and pursued the Jews and saints of God, and drank of their blood in her chalice. Babylon the Great is only around for a short time, approximately seven years. So to be cast down so quickly shows how great and evil her crimes were in comparison to nations of the past, where their crimes may have taken hundreds of years before it reached the heavens. So Revelation 18.8, for this reason, in one day her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine and she will be burned up with fire for the Lord God who judges her is strong. Now it's interesting to note here how God judges Babylon. We firstly know that the beast and his armies are used by God to wage war against her but it seems there is more than just a mere simple war going on here. Here we can see four punishments that God has laid up for her. Firstly, pestilence. Now, pestilence can be many things, including things such as plagues of locusts, etc., which ravage farmlands. It's also nasty diseases and afflictions. And here we see a parallel to what God brought upon ancient Egypt in the book of Exodus. Secondly, mourning. Here Babylon mourns for the loss of life in her city, loss of wealth, health, power and prestige. Again, we see ancient Egypt mirrored here. Thirdly, famine. Here Babylon suffers from an extreme scarcity of food and this is only a fair and just punishment for the mark of the beast system which had caused many to starve to death during the great tribulation. And fourthly, burned up with fire. And here we have a picture of a burnt offering which is wholly burnt by fire. The city of Babylon is so nasty and so evil and so grim that it needs to be purged and utterly destroyed by fire to purge the earth of her abominations." So there we go, that will do us for today. And uh, we'll be concluding or looking a little bit more of this chapter next time. So when you're looking at the book of Revelation, as I've always continually said, have a good Bible with a really good cross-reference system. You know, I've often said that you really need to know your Old Testament to, to understand the book of Revelation. But a good question is, well, what if I don't know my Old Testament very well, but I really would love to read the book of Revelation? Well, the simple and easy way is have a really good cross-reference Bible and every, every section that you read, you know, come out of them, my people and things like that. Look at the cross-reference and see where it comes from. Go back into the Old Testament and read it. And that will help you get a bigger understanding and start to link both testaments together. And as you link both testaments together, it will give you a better understanding of the book overall. Okay, well, guys, God bless you all. And uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Bye bye.